America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Well, good morning. Welcome to the show this morning. We're going to be talking about branding your business. So how do you start developing a unique brand for your business and what kind of issues should you consider? Today we're going to discuss this topic of branding with my colleague, private investigator Tom Shamshack. Good morning, Tom. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for being here and I know you're calling in from Boston. Do you have spring there yet? Um, uh, Francie, the, the snow is still falling here. Could you repeat that? <laughs> my goodness you guys have had such a time this year it's just uh you must be just so tired of the snow oh it's craziness uh in fact uh, a colleague of mine uh actually he's out there i don't know if you know him by the name of a guy by the name of jim zimmer he's oh, uh, just course. put his house up for sale yeah so because... I, I may relocate out there yeah <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's it's got, a thought. It's got a big backyard. You know, I mean, it, look, it looks really good. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. I saw the photo, too. That's great. So, um, so Tom, you have an interesting background. How did you get involved in pri- the private investigation business? Francie, I have been a PI for 15 years. Now, let me go back. Uh, I was a police officer for 21 and a half years. And as my career was, uh, you know, wrapping up, about a year before I retired from law enforcement, I had begun thinking about transitioning into the private sector. I had been intrigued over the years working in a municipal uh, department next to Boston. Uh, I had met a number of uh, private investigators with the law enforcement backgrounds, and mm-hmm. I was always intrigued with uh, you know, their ability to cross jurisdictional lines, you know, they traveled, they wore, uh, you know, really nice clothing, and uh, it looked like they made a, a lot of money. And uh, so I was attracted to that. And so I said, well, I'm going to, uh, that's what I'm going to do. I, I was looking at either working for a security company or launching and establishing my own private investigation firm. And so where I began was talking with people who r- ran small businesses, you know, at my gym. And uh, people said, well, you've got to have a business plan. And I said, what's that, what's that going to do for me? Well, it's going to provide the architectural design for your empire. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I started uh, you know, transitioning and then writing down the areas of the private investigation field that I thought my skill set would match up with. 
And, you know, one mm. of the first things I did was, again, to, you know, where are my strengths? What am I interested in doing? And then it was just a matter of now of, uh, okay, what's the competition out there? And then thinking about, you know, the, the business brochure and, and, mm-hmm. and, and making my announcement that, hey, here I am uh, right. and I'm sitting here. And, right. and that's the biggest challenge for, uh, for new entrepreneurs. I mean, I know, yeah. you know, they, 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 they go sure. to places like Cali's Enlight program and they pick up the, the technical skill and, and they may have had some early experience working with a budget, even if it was just their household budget, managing their money. The biggest challenge I have found in the 15 years that I've been in the private sector is that you have to let the people in the marketplace, your potential customers, know that you exist and that you have value and benefits. Exactly. Let me back up a second, uh, Tom. Uh, you mentioned Enlight and Cali. Cali is the California Association of Licensed Investigators. Enlight is the newly licensed investigators enrichment uh, training for uh, brand new investigators to, who've just gotten their licenses. So, okay. So, so your background, you were a police chief um, in, in your just jurisdiction over there. And... Um, did that help you at all, or did you have any any transitional issues going from the government to the private sector? Yeah, the biggest one was at the beginning of the year, uh, the communities gave me, I was a chief in two different communities, and they would give me, uh, you know, in one community like $3 million, the next community like $5 million, and then I was expected to make that last at the, you know, all the way through the year. Well, mm-hmm. when you're on your own, you start with nothing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you know, in terms of like, wow, um, <clears throat> I've got, you know, I've got bills to pay. Uh, you know, I have to maintain, you know, my licensing, uh, the insurance, and the overhead, the office space. Got to buy, you know, the, the toys and, you know, the, the technological uh, apparatus that you need to, you know, go out there to do surveillance. You have to have the database uh, uh, access, so I had to register and subscribe to online records uh, database providers. So I was like, wow, what a transition. But what it helped me was I had to go before my communities and lobby for enhancements in my budget. And mm-hmm. so I, I learned how to pitch uh, the needs of my organization. So when now I've got... Uh, you know, I've got a small business, Sham Shack Investigative Services, Inc. And, and how do I go about now uh, convincing a prospective client that they mm-hmm. should hire me and okay. that they should pay me a particular rate of fee? And, and th- those were the challenges. And, uh, you know, I've learned along the way that uh, you have to be patient. Uh, the only place that uh, you're going to see success before work is in the dictionary. For sure. And now I know that you are very involved in Boston University. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I have been uh, employed as the program director and lead instructor of the Boston University Certificate in Professional Investigation since 2006. Uh, To date, we have launched uh, nine successful classroom uh, cohorts, and mm-hmm. we are currently uh, in our ninth online 
lunch. And I have uh, been uh, teaching a couple of different courses, interviewing and uh, interviewing, and uh, another one that we had called practice management. And uh, I do the foundations course, which is uh, an introduction to to the field. And mm-hmm. we attract, uh, you know, some really good candidates. Uh, and I, I, I think that, that you've met a couple of uh, our former graduates. And our graduates range in age from people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. People come to us from, as, as myself, retired law enforcement, retired military, people active in the military, uh, active law enforcement, uh, people from the collections world, people from the paralegal world, law librarians, private investigators, owners of private investigation companies, people in the insurance world, insurance mm-hmm. appraisers, people from the banking industry. Yeah, so do you only have it online or is it also bricks and mortar? Well, right now we're emphasizing the online because it's a much bigger marketplace. And actually we have a, a student from Bucharest. Um, wow. We, we had a student, uh, he had registered a little too late from uh, Rome, Italy. He'll be in our September cohort. We launch twice a year in March and then in September, and it's a 15-week program. And for more information, people can go to my website, and they will find uh, a link to the Boston University program, and I will be more than happy to... Uh, entertain any questions from anybody via email or, uh, you know, telephone call. And that's okay, how, you, you know, we, we get out there and we, we tell people about our program and, uh, and our successes. And thank you for the opportunity to pitch the yeah, program. And, and that's part of branding. I mean, that's part of the, you know, that, that's what we're talking about today. You, you've got to get out there and, you know, you've got to sell yourself. Tom, you want to give your website so people can have that? www.shamshack.com. S-H-A-M-S-H-A-K-P-I dot com. Shamshack, P-I dot com. Okay, and the link is on your website that they can it follow it from there. Okay, and, and you're in, you can be involved in this because you already have your um, educational credentials. You have your BS in sociology, and you have a master's in criminal justice. So that gives you the lead-in where you can be a teacher through a university. I've been a teacher, uh, you know, for... Many years. I'm a certified law enforcement instructor, and uh, you know, early on, I had wanted to become a school teacher back in the mid '70s. And believe it or not, I couldn't get a job as a school teacher. Everybody was a school teacher back then. <laughs> yeah. And so wow. I, I, you know, kind of stumbled into uh, taking civil service exams and and took the police exam. Actually, I had wanted to be a school teacher and serve as a baseball coach and a hockey coach. Uh, as, a, as a young guy in my early 20s, I had the good fortune to work with the American Hockey League as an official. I was a linesman. I was mm. with them for a couple of seasons, and then I went over to the World Hockey Association, and, uh, which was actually based out there in Newport Beach, uh, California, in the, the mid-70s. I don't know if you're aware of that, but uh, mm, that's, that, that, that's what I had wanted to do. Interesting. And here you are, <laughs> teaching. That's very interesting. So, I, and I know this, um, this show isn't about missing persons, but I know that your heart is really uh, helping people who have missing and abducted children. And, uh, in fact, that's one of the focuses you started out with, right? 
It is. I, as a detective in the city of Somerville, Massachusetts, had handled a number of runaway cases, missing persons cases, and then criminals who wanted to evade us. They were called fugitives. And I, I was pretty good at, uh, you, know, you know, getting the lead on them. And, and when I put my business plan together, I knew that I was successful with uh, working on runaway cases and uh, parental custodial abduction cases. So I thought that was an area that I might exploit, and, and I have. And then I've gone on and I've required uh, some more experience and training with the National Center for Missing Exploited Kids. Back in 2005, I became affiliated with the Project Alert, America's law enforcement retiree team. And what Project Alert representatives do is work on cold cases uh, that are unresolved uh, with Mm -hmm. the National Center. Yes. In fact, I first met you when you were uh, uh, training private investigators about getting involved in cold cases. That's a long time ago. <laughs> that is a very long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, let me just say, um, for those of you that are interested in listening to a show that uh, Tom was on regarding missing persons, you can go to the PIs Declassified Archives for the July 15th, 2010 episode called Vanished When Someone Goes Missing, the stories of Molly Bish and Kyla Porter. So um, it's heartbreaking. And uh, we thank you for getting involved in that, Tom. It's a very important area. Thank you. Again, you know, we find our, our niche. And, uh, again, that, that's something that as we want to, you know, go through our discussion here today, uh, h- helping people, and that's what we do at BU. When entrepreneurs come to us, they want the technical training, and then, you know, most importantly, they want to know well, where am I going to go and get into the PI industry. Okay, and I, th- I think uh, we kind of skipped over. You do have to be licensed. So when you came out of law enforcement, you did have to get a license, and I believe you're licensed in Massachusetts and Rhode I'm Island. Licensed in Massachusetts and in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Now, Massachusetts has statewide licensing. We're uh, licensed by the state police in the Commonwealth. And in Rhode Island, it's a a different uh, mosaic. All of the communities license. So my license Mm. is through the the city of Providence, Rhode Island. But the state statute that sets out that the... uh, you have to have a license and you know, lays out the criteria, number of years, education, so on and so forth. And I don't want to leave this area, Tom, before mentioning that you are past president of the um, <clears throat> the licensed private investigators of Massachusetts, and you are currently vice president of National Council of Investigating Security Services, which is a legislative advocacy group for private investigators. It is, and... Uh, it's it's uh, something, again, that I think, you know, when we, we talk about, you know, branding and marketing and networking, one of the smartest things I did within several months of becoming licensed, I joined, I, I got licensed in August, and I attended my first LPDAM meeting in October of, uh, of 1999. I got on the board of directors a year or so later and learned, you know, what we needed to do at the state level for legislative issues. 
I was then introduced to uh, people at the uh, two, uh, March 2000 Super Conference, and I uh, met Eddie McLean, and I met other people from NCISS, mm-hmm. and got involved and became a member of the NCISS Investigative Legislative Committee for seven years. I had then served as a, a regional director uh, for the New England area, served as secretary, and uh, currently serve as the second vice president. And what that has done for me is it's enhanced my, my professional network. And it's indispensable. Uh, yeah. At the state level first, you know, getting to know, you know, what's out there, getting to meet competent investigators. Every investigation that, you know, that at least I approach, I'm a small shop. And, but what I will do is if I need a librarian, I will hire a librarian. If I need somebody to help with surveillance, I will hire competent professionals whom I am acquainted with through, you know, my, my uh, affiliation with LPDAM. And the same thing when I go out of state, when there's a case that takes me uh, out of state or if I'm doing some consulting, again, I, I've met people. And uh, actually, this question came up in our current class, you know, and I mentioned that the benefit of networking with state and national PI organizations as well as international groups. I just wrapped up a case a little background investigation for somebody in uh, in Athens, Greece. Hmm. So if you want to, you know, in, increase the trajectory of your business growth, you have to join these professional organizations. This is great advice, Tom, for for private investigators that are starting out, and even those that are that have been in business for a long time. You know, expands your your horizons, and you know I. Uh, I know everybody says to join your state association, but you should also belong to your state trade association and your national trade association. They work hand in hand. They do, and and you know we have, and you know we could certainly, you know, in, in a future show, to, you know, talk about the, you know, the many legislative challenges that uh, private investigators and security operators are, are confronting and will confront. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, uh, we need to take a t- uh, quick break, get my tongue tied here, get, take a quick break and come back and talk more about branding. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. 
NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Today, Private Investigator Thomas Shamshek is here to talk about branding your PI business. And Tom, when we first started the show, the, one of the first things you mentioned that you did is you were told to write a business plan. So what does that do? Well, the business plan will assist you in identifying uh, the, you know, when you, well, you, you want to test your ideas first, you know, make sure that what you're going to pursue out there uh, is viable, uh, particularly if you're going to be asking somebody to, uh, you know, to help you fund your business. But your business plan is an expression of your business idea. Uh, it describes your business, the services that you're going to provide, how you're going to market, what you're going to do for you know, staffing needs, as well as financing. And mm-hmm. that is what you, you know, put down on paper. And then I review that on a yearly basis. Do and you? We, look for, we do. We look to try to, you know, I look at the, the gross receipts and, you know, we want to know, like, okay, what areas do we, you know, have a steady flow of, uh, you know, repeat customers? You know, missing persons, is, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, it's something that I do, but it, it, it's not a, you know, that's not something that we routinely can count on. Uh, Again, you know, uh, no surprise here, but uh, as, a, as, a, as a cop, I did a lot of criminal investigative work. Mm-hmm. And another natural area for me was to provide criminal investigative work for defense lawyers. And right. essentially what it did was it allowed me to continue to work with, uh, you know, my peers and law enforcement in a different capacity but applying the same critical thinking skills. Right. And, you know, if there's one thing I learned, you know, I, I, and I've testified as an expert witness in federal court, as a police expert, uh, I recognize good police work, but I'm very quick to spot shoddy police work. Mm-hmm. And 90% of the time, most of the criminal cases that I work for criminal defense lawyers, yeah, the people, uh, you know, are guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. But there right. are those areas where there are people wrongfully accused. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've, I've, I've helped people uh, with those matters as well. So that was another, you know, area for me to uh, exploit. So you're saying that, that people should look for their, their personal niche, Yes, and and you know how, you know when you ask a question, okay, so uh, how do you find your niche? And the first thing you have to ask yourself is, um, who are my, who am I, and you know what's the competition out there, and is there an untapped market 
what are you offering, and who are your prospects? You know, who, who are the potential customers out there? Mm-hmm. You also have to think about what are your best skills? What's your passion? Mm-hmm. And where would you fit in, uh, and where would you not fit in? And again, you've got to identify your competitors, and you, know, you want to make sure that uh, you, know, you, you have something that brings substantial added value and benefit that distinguishes you from uh, others that are out there. And, and, you know, let me jump ahead here for a second and just say that, you know, uh, there are plenty of, you know, cops here in Massachusetts that, that have the same professional background, probably have the same, would have the same luck. Uh, but how do I get potential customers to, you know, come to me? You know, that's the issue associated with branding and how I try to achieve a strategic competitive advantage in the local marketplace. So that's something, you know, we can come back to. But, again, finding, you know, your niche, you have to, you know, figure out what is it that that you want to do. Uh, You know, can you do it well? Uh, Is it something that you'd like to do, you know, day in, day out? Uh, and, And, of course, does it have enough broad appeal to sell on a steady basis? So my bread and butter it, about 70% of my firm's annual gross receipts come from criminal defense cases. Mm-hmm. That now, is my bread and butter. Okay. Now, did you, uh, I've got to ask this because I hear this all the time. Did you get any pushback from your department or other law enforcement, um, other former law enforcement about doing criminal defense? Because that's really a conflict. So to speak. Oh, oh, Francie, you sound so cynical. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that I'm all on the quote dark, dark side? side. Unquote, <laughs> right. Well, you know. For, well, first of all, you know, I'm. Uh, I didn't have a lot of friends in in my the two police departments where I served as uh, as the chief. Uh, when you're yeah. the chief, you really don't have any many friends. You're there yeah. to you know enforce a role. <laughs> And when I was in uh, Somerville, I, you know, was a supervisor. I did internal affairs, so I didn't have a lot of friends, and that's not why I was there. Um, and I, I didn't tolerate um, sloppy work. I had, a, you know, high expectations, and uh, it was it was a natural for me to get involved with, uh, you know, criminal defense work. I'm doing the very same thing I did, working with. Former assistant district attorneys, former assistant U.S. attorneys. Now, you, you, you mentioned something that, you know, that, did I have any pushback? You, have you noticed, because I know you do a fair amount of criminal defense work, when an assistant district attorney goes into the private sector, it's just a given that they're going yeah. to now do criminal defense work. And That's there's true. never any pushback. But, yes, when a cop retires and goes out the door, uh, the, the expectation is that, no, you won't do that. Well, right. our, our, our Constitution, uh, you know, certainly guarantees people to have, uh, you know, due process. And, I, I, you know, I, I, I believe in, in our system, and I believe in the presumption of, of innocence. And I've worked so many cases. I've, I've worked probably two dozen, maybe more, uh, murder cases, four of them, not guilty, and, and I knew early on in the investigation that they were not guilties. 
course, the individuals had to languish in jail for two to three years, right. but they got out. And, and, you know, when you take up the shield and the sword and you're an advocate for truth, obviously, you know, you're going to have, you know, pushback. And yeah, as, as, a, as a cop, um, there were people that, uh, you know, even today, and I have it on my business card, that's something else we need to put out there. Uh, I'm a, a retired police chief, so I have on my business card, chief, you know, retired, uh, so that a, a young lawyer may say, oh, well, you must know something about the system. Yes. Yes, I do know something about the system. I'm very familiar with the culture, and I know my way around the courtroom, and I know my way around the investigative uh, field, you know, and I apply a, a structured investigative methodology uh, to m- my investigations. And so, yeah, there was, there was pushback. There was the, the stunned disbelief. Uh, and uh, I, I will remind, you know, cops when I'm out there about, uh, oh, do you, did you forget that uh, they talked about the presumption of innocence in the police academy? I'm being facetious there. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Well there, we had a little technical glitch. I hope our listeners are still with us. And we were talking about... Um, I'm here with Tom Shamshack. We're talking about branding a PI business. And you were talking, Tom, about finding a niche and uh, kind of specializing in, into an area. Yeah. The, you know, the, the top 20 areas you know, for private investigators, when you know, they think about where am I going to go, missing persons, insurance fraud, surveillance, background checks, criminal defense, Asset investigation, workers' compensation, uh, database research, uh, 
pre-employment checks, uh, liability investigations, missing heirs, adoptive birth parents, um, employee theft. Uh, have I given you enough of a- Yeah, <laughs> fraud, workers' comp, uh, workers' comp fraud, uh, all kinds. Of, yeah, there's so many specialties. So, so those are the, you know, the areas. Now, you know, so, again, I, I listed a couple that, you know, criminal defense, missing persons, uh, and, you know, custodial uh, kidnappings. Those were areas that uh, were high on my, uh, my, my list of uh, areas that I wanted to focus on. Now, um, so, how did I... Well, the let question me ask now you... Is, sorry? Let me ask you a question first, Tom. Let me ask you a question first. Um, there are many people that start a private investigator business that generalize. They do everything. If, if, if a call comes in and it's an investigation, they do it. You're recommending that you specialize. I, I, I suggest that you have a couple of areas that you specialize in. And, you know, you do have to, you know, do, uh, you know, slip and falls. You, you, you may want to do some family law or, uh, you know, domestic uh, relations. Uh, I mean, that's another, you know, large area. Uh, but if, if you're doing personal injury work or criminal defense work, um, you know, do that one or two areas. And what I've done is I've tailored letters to specific, you know, to uh, personal injury lawyers, to criminal defense lawyers, mm-hmm. and I try to go to uh, association meetings or, you know, the Massachusetts Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers. I go to all of their events, bring right. my business cards, and I network. And, I mean, now that I'm out here for 15 years, I don't necessarily have to do as much print advertising, direct mailing. Right. Um, I achieve that through uh, uh, local television appearances. And not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that's, that's another area that I think... Uh, uh, private investigators need to exploit. But yeah, one or two areas, you know, that you definitely, you know, that's your bread and butter. And then when other cases come in, yeah, you know, obviously uh, try to uh, uh, enhance your skill set. You may go and uh, learn more about personal injury or, 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 or learn more about uh, automobile fraud investigations. Or exactly. Things like that. Yeah. So, Tom, Define brand for us. Your brand is your reputation. It's, uh, it's you. Um, it's uh, what your company stands for. Uh, and what you need to do is embody your brand. Now, my brand is, is really my name. And let me explain how I, I got into, you know, Sham Shack Investigative Services versus, you know, Massachusetts Private Investigators, Inc., I had been a, uh, a high-profile uh, local municipal police chief. I w- was always on television. Uh, I was not averse to dealing with the media. I always found that being open with them, um, and particularly when we messed up, I, you know, if we messed up, we would fess up and then, and then move on. Uh, typically, law enforcement, at least many years ago, they were reticent to get involved with the media. I was very, very open. I had policies of... Well, at least, you know, bringing the media in and, and disclosing, trying to be as transparent uh, as possible. So 
given the fact that uh, my name was out there, you know, Sham, Chief Shamshack, uh, that, that people see me on television quite a bit, uh, I said, you know, that, that maybe let me use my, my last name. That was my identifier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would like to think that, uh, you know, I'm the uh, you know, considered, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 the golden standard of private investigation in my area. Of course, we all mm-hmm. think like that. <laughs> and what we, we want to do is we want to now, you know, convince the public to do that. Um, and so w- what I've been able to do, again, when I started Shamshack Investigative Services and I had the big yellow page, I don't know what I was paying, $300 a month, yeah. and things like, you know, weren't like working, I learned quickly that, well, okay, how do, I, how do I let people know that I'm out here? I quickly got on, whenever I could, got on the local radio station to give a, a little comment, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I would let them know, hey, I'm available. I would get on any local uh, community access station that would, you know, allow me to say, hey, I'm Tom Shamshack. I recently retired, and I still got a couple kids in school, and uh, I'm out here, and I'm working, and this, these are the things that I do. And if you're going to hire a private investigator, make sure he or she specializes in the area that you want them to do your investigative work. Make sure they're licensed. Make sure they're bonded. Make sure that they belong to a professional uh, state organization. And those pieces of information, I would go to law uh, firms, and I would go in there at lunchtime, and I would you know, tell the summer interns even, you know, what it is that a private investigator does. So you've got to really, you know, take your brand, get out there, and uh, you know, your reputation is really, you know, what uh, what what you what you live on. Exactly. Well, you recommend uh, creating a, an identity package. Tell me about uh, that. Well, you start with your. Um, your identity of, of, of what is what it is, and you know, mine was you know around the law enforcement uh, image, and your corporate image refers how your 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 firm is perceived by the public. It's what you stand for, and uh, when I you know I developed my my business card, it 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 and my uh, business brochure and my website and my uh, letterhead and my report forms are all you know it's it's right in there and you know at the bottom of uh, my report forms are the words committed to investigative excellence that's and your so tagline th- that's my tagline and uh you know i'm i whenever whenever i am on television i make sure that below my name is at least some abbreviation, you know, former police chief, private investigator, instructor at Boston University. I'm on there for free, and it's my opportunity, uh, you know, the quid pro quo is, I'll come on and, and speak for several minutes, and I, 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 it's my opportunity to advertise. Mm-hmm. And the more you do that, the more that you can get on a radio show, the more you can get on a local cable access, the more you can get on to, uh, you know, local uh, television stations, national stations. Uh, you en- enhance your credibility. You know, people say, well, well he must be on, he must know something because he's on television. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but then again, yeah, you want to be careful on which programs you go on. Exactly. And, and, exactly. and, and you know, I'm very protective of my brand. I mean, there are people that, you know, oh, come on this program, come on that program. I'm very, very hesitant to lend, you know, my name 
Uh, and then again, I'm also with Boston University. So I have to be very careful sure. on what, what issues uh, I uh, put my name to. You know, I have a Facebook account as well, and I... I I, I'm very judicious. You'll, if you go look at my Facebook account, and I know you have one as well, I don't talk about religion. I don't talk about politics. I don't get into any of that stuff. I do not want to soil my brand. I'm, mm-hmm. I want to be perceived as uh, an objective, detached, neutral advocate of the truth. The same thing with uh, bumper stickers on your car. I don't have any bumper stickers yeah. on my car. I, uh, you know, I, I will wear my state uh, uh, organization's uh, lapel pin uh, when I am, uh, you know, at our state association meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm when I'm with the I'm a life member of the Mass uh, Chiefs Association, I wear my, my my pin there. I'm very you know conscious of how I am perceived. I don't tell scatological jokes. When I'm on television, I try to be very, very serious. Mm-hmm. I wear, always wear a shirt and tie. And, and it's the image that I have uh, diligently you know, crafted, and so now, now I maintain it. Exactly. And again, you know, on my, on my website, you know, I, I, there was a tagline there also that says, you know, a, a local company with global, uh, global resources. And that's really true because of the affiliation with the World Association of Detectives. Mm-hmm. And so there are these little um, uh, flags that you need to raise out there to let the public know that you exist and that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're capable of... Uh, doing uh, doing a, a bang up professional job exactly and you and your images that you have on your website for example should be repeated on your business cards and your uh, and your reports and your stationery and whatever you use in association absolutely. with your company absolutely you want it to have a uniform look so that when somebody picks up something you know my final deliverable report that distinguishes me from my competitors uh, it's it's crisp looking. It's uh, it's uh, been uh, edited. Uh, it, it's you know I don't want to be embarrassed uh, at at the end of the day by having something misspelled in that report. I don't want somebody to misperceive me by having something misspelled in any of my uh, you know, whether it's the business card, I mean, or, or, or any piece of literature. Right. Well, let's let's talk about naming your business because that's a big issue. It is. Uh, you know, again, I, I got into uh, um, using my firm's name because people had, you know, they knew me as Shamshack, uh, you know, because I'd been on television quite a bit as a local police chief. I, uh, and, 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 I, and I had learned, uh, you know, my way around the state house. I was a, uh, a, a lobbyist as a police chief because I was lobbying for more money for police training. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they would see me coming and say, oh, there's Shamshack. And uh, the, uh, you know, that, that was important for me. So I said, okay, I'm going to use, you know, that will be, you know, going forward. Uh, now, let's, let's take your the name of your firm is, uh, go ahead, tell us what it is. Special Circumstances. Special Circumstances. So let me see. It sounds to me like you engage in high-profile criminal defense work. 
that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. And so when somebody, well, uh, uh, let me run these by you. Uh, accurate information consultants. What, what, what do you think they do? I don't know. Well, they obviously are in the information business. How about Black right. Hawk Investigation? Well, they're an investigative company in a local area. Well, Black Hawk might mean, you know, former military. Yeah. Or, or yeah. tactical surveillance investigations. Oh, true. True. All right. Tri-state investigations. I mean, it means that they're in three different states. Right. Corporate integrity services. These are just some, some names yeah. of, of companies, that, you know, that, that, that could exist, you know, central investigative services. Uh-huh. Again, the, that name, once you decide the name, uh, and then now, okay, how are you going to communicate that uh, on your letterhead, on your business card? And the business card should be, you know, high quality. Right. Now, let me ask you, uh, what if you're, you've been in business for 10 years and you want to reinvent yourself? Well, sometimes, uh, you know, you need to, well, if there's been a change in a, in, in, in a partnership or something. Uh, law firms, when, when there's a change and they break away, they have a big announcement. Um, I don't know many, you know, PI firms that have undergone, you know, major changes. I know certainly big security companies, once they get bought out, that, you know, they, they, they will change. But if you're... You want to um, reinvent yourself. You want to enhance your standing in the marketplace. You need to undertake a specific publicity campaign. And, and then leveraging this new information that you have from either training or experience, putting a letter together and then marketing to that particular group of you know, lawyers or you know, you know, businesses. If you wanted to change and get into, uh, uh, you know, in your particular business, and you wanted to get into more, you know, family law or personal injury, um, well, then you know, special circumstances would have to add something to its name. Although every situation has a special circumstance. <laughs> That's true. Well, and, and you know, special circumstances, we handle. We handle all of them, you know, something like that. You know, I mean, exactly, yeah. And, and, and again, but yeah, there are times uh, that uh, a business may want to take a look, and I, I recommend this on a yearly basis to sit down and okay, uh, certainly we need to update the website. Uh, do we need uh, better literature? Uh, we want to add things uh, to our bio. Uh, and, and, and maybe, you know, there is a change. Maybe it's, you know, special circumstances, uh, links with another business firm. And mm-hmm. then you would certainly, you know, notify the Chamber of Commerce. You would make sure that, uh, you know, you notified the trade journals that there's been this major change in uh, special circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what else, what else would you do, Tom? Uh, you make, you make an announcement, you try to get some publicity perhaps, um, new business cards, new image, redesign get website. On, get, on, you know, local, get on the local television uh, if you can to announce it. And then, and, and then the biggest thing is, uh, before we run out of time, is to make sure that you, you, you friend your local media and, and let them know, get a puff piece out there 
um, friend them through Facebook, through LinkedIn, and, and then to begin to offer uh, commentary. When I see something happen, uh, I will immediately uh, you know, put something together, and, I, and I, at, at the Cali uh, conference, I'll get into this in greater detail for your listeners who are from California. I will actually you know, give ideas on stories to local reporters with a twist from the perspective of a private investigator who's a former, former cop. Mm-hmm. And that's how I you know, take advantage of that. I tweet it out, so if there's a, you know, a, a breaking story, I'll, 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 I'll give them some commentary on a missing persons case or you know, an unsolved murder, you know, because the cops won't be doing a lot of talking, but what do they want? They, they want some perspective on it. Right. And it's something that PIs need to take advantage of, uh, to partner with the local media. And again, once you're you know, reinventing your, your, your firm, uh, go to the media and let them know that uh, you're now available to provide commentary on, of, of a dis- different nature. Interesting. So I would say, you probably would agree with this, that most private investigators completely shy away from the media. They do because, you know, with, you know, with right concern, you've got to be very careful when you're dealing with the media. You don't want to get burned. Um, developing a long-term relationship with the reporter takes time. Yeah. And when, yeah. You, when you tell them this information, you know, cannot, you know, cannot be printed at this time, you can't talk about it, once they divulge that, that relationship is, is over. Exactly. You don't, exactly. you know, you don't trust them, but the, uh, you know, I find them to be an indispensable tool. I get a lot of referrals, uh, particularly for, you know, missing persons cases from, uh, from media people because somebody will complain that, you know, geez, my 27-year-old kid has been missing for three months and the cops keep telling me it's not against the law to go missing and I, I think he's got some, you know, medical issues and nobody will help me. Mm-hmm. And so in that respect, the, uh, the media has been, you know, helpful to my business. And then, likewise, when I have a case that uh, needs some attention, I can go and say, hey, will you do me a favor? Will you, you know, do a mention of this, a missing persons case? It's, it's, a, it's a whole area that I think private investigators, uh, on the whole, could benefit from. When, yeah. Particularly in you know, Massachusetts, when I got involved with the, uh, our state association and I wanted to enhance our, our image in the eyes of uh, our legislators, I started to let them know that, about the good work that private investigators affiliated with LPDAM and the Molly Bish Foundation were doing on a pro bono basis. Correct. To, I remember know, start that. To start to sing our own praises. You know, I, I tell people, you know, if you're not going to blow your own horn, don't complain when there's no yeah. music. <laughs> I love that quote of yours, Tom. That's great. <laughs> so, <the> truth. <laughs> so you, first of all, you're what you're really saying is you need to you need a marketing plan. Absolutely. And you need to include this media development or relationship development with the media as part of your marketing plan. I think it enhances your uh, ability to market. And again, you know, the more you're seen uh, out there, whether you, know, you write an article, you, 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 you provide a comment, you cobble them together, eventually 
you know, the, the public is going to see you and the perception is going to be, well, must be an expert. Then mm-hmm. perception is very important. It is very important. And, you know, I, it's, it's really the whole package. It's not just one component. It's all of, the, all of these things you've talked about merged together. It is, and the contemporary PI today uh, is somebody that I see is uh, man or woman um, is uh, m- much more professional than the the myth- mythical uh, stereotype that uh, Hollywood had uh, you know portrayed our industry in. Exactly, we're nothing. We're really nothing like that. No, no, we're not like that at all. I mean, the, the uh, contemporary investigators that you and I network with, uh, you know, they're, they're knowledgeable, they're professional, they're highly educated, they, they look the part, you know, they, they walk the walk and they talk the talk. Yeah. And what about advertising, Tom? What do you do with advertising? Well... I no longer am in the yellow pages. I, I don't send out a lot of uh, uh, information anymore through advertising. I do it in a different way, which is I'm on television as often as I can get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a day in the life of a media-conscious PI, as I said, I wake up, I read stories, and then I go, oh, I, I can comment on that. And I will try to get on local radio, local television, or national television. And, but I don't, I don't wait for them. I pursue that. I Interesting. I, I, I aggressively, you know, pursue that stuff. I say, I'll think of some things, and then I will, I will get on TV. I'm, I've been on, uh, you know, during uh, you know, breaking stories on an HLN uh, going back to uh, 2006. And, and, again, it's not everybody's cup of tea because, you know, you know they, they do try to, you know, put words in your mouth, and, you know, you have to control that. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.